Welcome to the Bourbon Library After Hours. Each week on After Hours, Ryan and I sit down to explore further into the wide world of whiskey by tasting and reviewing whiskeys without the limits of our featured bottle being bourbon. I hope you join us in this journey to challenge and expand our whiskey knowledge. Our show starts now. This is Ryan. I'm with my buddy Brian uh, in Los Angeles. He's a filmmaker and uh, actor and uh, a story producer uh, and a number of other things, but a friend first. And uh, we're drinking Willet, straight rye whiskey. Um, not the purple label, though. What's the purple label? So the purple label is like a very coveted, or a purple top. It's a very coveted version of Willet. Um, and Willet, I, Willet, as far as I understand, they source. They're kind of like uh, uh, known blenders. But um, people either love Willet or they hate Willet. There's really no in between. I'm on the side of really liking you. I enjoy it. I didn't know it was polarizing. Um, maybe it's not in Kentucky. Brian's from Kentucky, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, What's the hate on Willet? Well, I think anytime people source or blend, some people feel like it's not legit. Fair. Um, they may very well uh, make this, though. I, I don't know. Um, but I think having good taste, if you source and blend and you have great taste or a great... Uh, a palette, then that should be rewarded just the same. Like any, not any old person can go make whiskey, but this is so good. It's a rye too, which I'm I'm a big fan of. Um, I'm a big Willet guy. All right, you know cheers that. real quick. Cheers, buddy. So, mm, mm-hmm. That's great. That's amazing. Yeah, that's delicious. I mean, come on. Yeah, that is objectively delicious. Whoever and, doesn't like this is just a big old dumb. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with you. Yeah. That. Um, yeah, so what I love about Willet is that, well, in this case, it's a it's it's a rye. Um, I don't know what the mash bill is. It doesn't really matter, but it's straight rye whiskey. So it's, it's uh, yeah, and it's it's 111 proof, almost 112. Uh, so it's it's high proof, it's rye, so it's spicy. That's where that spice yeah. comes from. Uh, you know, it's a different grain yeah. than, than what you're getting in bourbon. You know, all the co- you're getting corn in bourbon. This is a rye, right? Um, which is just a cover crop. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, I mean that's where you get like a more grassy notes, more like earthy tasting. Um, but this yeah. is like with, with the high proof and the rye, like it is like a. It is a pop in the mouth. I mean, the first episode we did together was about Willet. Yeah, right. So I've just been on that train since day one. I don't yeah. know. I think it's it's also that kind of effect, too. Like, you pick one, yeah. and you just fucking go with it. Like, yeah. you know, when you're a kid, like, let's say, you know, you grew, you grew up in Indiana. Yeah. And so I'm sure you were aware of, like you know, the closest big city to you would have been Indianapolis or Chicago. Yeah, so, Chicago, I think. Okay, so, like, you knew who Michael Jordan and the Bulls were. Yeah, we were a big Chicago family because my parents grew up, like, out in the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, so it's like, all right, I'm going to be a Chicago Bulls fan. Yeah. And, like, why are you going to change? Yeah. Like, just stick with it. Yeah. Like, you know, like... I have no reason to, to adjust my sports, mostly because I have no idea. I don't even know the seasons that most people play any of the sports. <laughs> <laughs> Let's set the stage a little bit. Let's set it. We're in Laurel Canyon in Los Angeles. Uh, sort of a magical place. A lot of a lot of seventies singer songwriters wrote about or yes. in Laurel Canyon. Uh, there's sort of a magical thing to Laurel Canyon, and maybe I'm you live here, so maybe you don't feel that way. But as no, an outsider, I, I think it's a really sort of special place. This is all right. Ever been to Tulum? 
Uh, I have not. All right. So I have this theory that Tulum is, they still have what Laurel Canyon had mm. before everybody descended upon mm. LA. Mm. Like, I feel like this is where creatives went and people like got in touch with, you know, themselves, with art, yeah. with, you know, the universe, God, whatever. Like, yeah. This was the place. Yeah. You know, like everybody shits on all the Instagram models and shit going to Tulum. Yeah. yeah. But like, there's a reason. Like, there's, there's a draw to it that's there's a, draw. a higher level. Yeah. yeah. There is a draw. And that's yeah. what Laurel Canyon was. Yeah. It's not anymore. Yeah. But clearly, we are in the, the later years of. The, yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't have the same. Like, okay, so we, we went for a walk the other day, and every single person uh, looks famous. Or rich, or both. Yeah, uh, everybody's got and, the the jawline. And yeah, the, yeah. Like, and then and then they all have Porsches. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, uh, or some other nice sports car. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of like middle aged or older white dudes like listening to rap music on their cell phones. <laughs> And it's like, oh, maybe they were the producer or something. You know, yeah. I, mean, I just say, who knows? They're they like showing it to their other buds or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was like drawn here. I've been on this like spiritual journey for like the last, I don't know. It's always a spiritual journey. You know? I guess maybe that's what I'm doing in life. But uh, I started in, in Northern California for a job in San Francisco. And then we went further north. Uh, I think that's a really special place. Some of it, but it's like a little bit like, it's just the, it's the ocean. You know, yeah. when you stare at the sea, it's like there's something really profound about it. It's also yeah. like, uh, well, all of America, but like native land and you know and like there's like this there's like a lot of like markers and stories that like talk about uh native americans and like they're re they're reshifting the narrative in a lot of these like sure. big parks and stuff to like tell the true stories yeah. so it's like that that was something very moving uh i started in i went to uh a place called or uh which or um uh hot springs okay which is like this like 60s uh, it was it was from the, like 1800s I think but uh it's it was it, it there's no cell service no internet uh we stayed in a little cabin there's a bunch of little cabins or yurts or you could camp uh and there's hot springs and it's it's uh fully nude or a clothing optional mm. um and not gendered it doesn't split everybody's just there naked everybody's whatever. hanging out everyone's hanging out yeah uh my brother was like he said so seriously he's like you know you just I would think of you as a nudist or like an exhibitionist and I was like what your brother said that about he you. He said that about me. I have no reason. I'm not fervently disagree <laughs> with that assessment. Is that Alex? That was Alex. Said Alex, that. no. Yeah. No, sorry. No, I don't know. I mean, I'm just uh I'm just comfortable. I was, it was I've fun. seen I've seen you naked yeah. due to either your films or just yeah. us staying together, yeah. you know, at yeah. some juncture. Yeah. But I can't I would not define you as a nudist. Mm -mm -mm -mm. No, I don't I don't peacock. No. Uh no, and no reason to. But I mean uh, Honestly, if you did, I'd be right there behind yeah. you saying, go ahead, brother, <laughs> peacock that shit out. But yeah, but then you will be humbled by I will be very true humbled, yeah. peacocks. It's <laughs> happened to me. It's it's rough. I, there was lots of average people too, but... It happens, yeah. Um, uh, so we, we were in Orr, and uh, uh really spiritual, sort of beautiful place. Like I really felt like, I was like, oh, this is a magical place. And we went into Mendocino, and we were on the ocean, and like, the, like every sea town... There's like a lot of old people. I mean, it's February. Who the hell has time to go do this except whatever reason we were doing sure. that? Yeah. Um, but uh, it was cold. Uh, it was beautiful. You take in the sea. It's like a really, I don't know, uh, 
very meaningful. Uh, but that's what you do. You can't, there's really, you can kind of go eat or you can do, there's no, there's culture, but it's not, the culture is the ocean, you yeah. know? Uh, and then we went back to San Francisco and then, uh, which there was a bunch of great bourbon there, which was kind of quite unexpected. I got drank lots of good whiskey in San Francisco. Uh, Wait, whiskey or bourbon? They had bourbon. They had bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Like the bar had a good collection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went to some cool like uh, cocktail places. Yeah. But uh, and then we went to the desert, and that's what I really thought there would be the spiritual thing. Like it would be like a. Well, like I remember a, texting you because yeah. you were like, "I'm in the desert." Yeah. And I was like, "How is it?" And you were a little, you know, wishy washy. Yeah. And I said to you, "Do you have mushrooms?" Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. said no, and I was like, "Well, you." Kind of need those mushrooms yeah. out there. They're helpful. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't even bring any whiskey with me. Usually I have like a bottle of whiskey with me for better or worse. And I was just like, I couldn't, I don't know, maybe too many weeks of, of being on vacation or wintering or whatever. But I was like, I appreciate the desert. And I could see how some people would have a moving experience there. But it's so desolate and raw to me that like I find it so scary. Yeah, that's fair. And the people who choose it bless them different different but different, different strokes yeah big like time a, man it is a choice and it speaks <laughs> volumes about who you are oh desert people man it's um that's a real statement i have cousins that well i don't want to say they're desert people they live in palm springs yeah. they're very like palm springs is a different story altogether that's even, old hollywood yeah kind they're of. not they're they're way more old hollywood than they are yeah. desert people yeah true desert people man yeah they are tough as nails yeah like yeah. everyone said if your car breaks down don't go to the house at night and knock on it because they'll fair. like shoot shoot yeah. you i wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, know i mean our our rmbb was really cool but it was like uh fenced in with barbed wire yeah and i was just like i can't wait to like open this like big gate every time to leave and like i'm scared of rattlesnakes and tarantulas and, i think the mushrooms might have opened you up to yeah. the hidden softness of the desert mm. because because i'm with you before yeah. i had you know i feel like anybody lives in la at some juncture has been convinced to go to the desert and do sure. mushrooms and have yeah. like a little experience yeah well i did that and like i did i went to joshua tree i mean it's yeah. textbook as it gets went to joshua tree did mushrooms and it was cold it snowed yeah, yeah it snowed when we were there weirdly. too yeah. yeah and i took them and i was like what is <laughs> so dumb i remember um so what happens is i'm like hiking around with some friends and it's fun and good and you know whatever and uh i have this like moment where i'm like looking out at the expanse of the desert mm. And I just go, whoa, at some point, all of this was underwater. I had the same thought today. That's really weird. No shit. Yeah. And so when I, so all, all of a sudden I started, instead of looking at like, you know, brittle brush and cacti, I was mm -hmm. like, that was one sea life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it totally like, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. I'm just like at this, you know, empty aquarium. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that's nice. what I find really frightening about it. Maybe I feel like I'm at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, but isn't that cool? Because you're not. No. but it, You're literally walking on it in the air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was comforted by, like, the passage of, you know... Oh, shit, I'm doing it. The passage of time. Yeah. Like, the... Yeah. Because the, it was like, oh, shit, you know, you go back 100 million years. Yeah. This might have been the ocean floor. We don't know. Yeah. And I thought... I was comforted by that. Yeah. I'm not... That doesn't scare me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, how lucky are we to be... 
in this period of time. Yeah. There, there are certain places on the planet that attract people, mm-hmm. but only for certain periods of time. Yeah. And, you know, right now, like Tulum is one of those places where it's yeah. like, if you're, especially during the pandemic, it's like, yeah. you go there. If you, you want to like frogs, <laughs> eat them frogs. Baby. <laughs> but like this, I feel like Laurel Canyon definitely had it in the sixties and seventies and yeah. not so much anymore because honestly, those people are probably in their sixties and seventies yeah. now and they haven't let go of these houses. So do you think it's the people that, that cause those places to be those places? What do you think? What do you think causes that? I mean, that's a chicken and the egg con- like question. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, of course, there had to be. Um, well, let me think. If I really need to like land on an opinion, there, I think always a place has more power than a person. Mm. Um, you know, there is magnetism. Yeah. So I think Laurel Canyon does have a specific magnetism. Mm-hmm. However, where people power gets involved is a place can be overrun. Yeah. LA is overrun. Yeah. It's dude, there's like 10 million people here. Yeah. And the height of its. I think prowess is long gone. Mm. Like it has been dispersed around the world by right. the nature of the internet and just for the fact that like, yeah. hey, you know. You can be a movie star anywhere. It's funny. I, I always joke and I, I mean, I do feel this way, but like oftentimes when I'm flying out of LA, for whatever reason, maybe it's the way you take off or where you go over the ocean first and curve around or whatever, whatever the case, I, uh, I always feel like I'm escaping. Sure. It's always like I'm getting out just in the nick of time. Yeah. But for whatever reason, whenever I come to LA, for you know, if you're driving, you always have to come from the desert. Or if you fly, for me, I'm coming from five hours of terror. And yeah. so I like get to LA and I feel such a sense of relief. Yeah. And I really do. I did live here for like a year and a half in my early 20s, but I have such a sense of home here mm. in a way that's like very unusual. I know and it is a place where people are passing through, much like New York. Any um, big cities like that. Yeah. It's hard to carve out a home in a big yeah. metropolis. Yeah. Uh, speaking of special places, Kentucky. Yes. We're drinking Willet. We're, dr- we're, we're drinking bourbon. Or we're drinking a rye. Uh, but uh, is Kentucky so interesting? So I've been wrestling with this a lot. We're doing a documentary about uh, Empire Rye, which is like New York's rye whiskey. Okay. Rye, uh, historically really came from New England or like came from not necessarily New England, but like Pennsylvania, Maryland, mm-hmm. New York, because we can grow it. Yeah. You can't grow it in Kentucky, really. In mm-hmm. fact, they, they get a lot of the rye out of the state. Sure. Uh, and, and a lot of what was considered a rye in Kentucky and Kentucky bourbon brands was just like 51% rye. The rest still had everything else. You know, okay. like you have to, there's the barrier of, uh, accent like to, to, bourbon, to, yeah. be, to be bourbon you have to be 51 yeah, 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 corn yeah. and so rye uh so like like they were just putting enough rye to call it a rye yeah but like new york empire rye in particular are like 75 percent 80 percent 90 percent you get a straight rye you know all rye uh and like going bolder and there's a historical context to that mm-hmm. um but i wrestled with this because it's like kentucky's where bourbon is from mm-hmm. and, and and i and i and i really think of kentucky as like whiskey country sure um but now there's this idea of like whoa wait a minute new york and all these other places are like well what about texas whiskey and colorado do you think that why kentucky for bourbon like for whiskey like is it is it special or will it outgrow that and it becomes we'll realize that you can have good 
Whiskey everywhere, I guess. Okay, well, this will be a cynical take from a Kentuckian, mm-hmm. but it's my take, so fuck it. <laughs> um, that shit's marketing. Yeah. It's all marketing. Yeah. It's been marketing. They've yeah. been doing it. I mean, the, the French have been doing it, selling their wine since well before us. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. If it's good, it's good. Yeah. If it's good, it's good. I don't care where it's from. I don't yeah. care about the mash bill. I don't care yeah. about... You know, the back, I don't even care about the backstory. If yeah. it's good, it's good. And yeah. like, you know, back to bring it back around, like if people shit talk will it, they're idiots because it's yeah. clearly good. I don't care I what yeah. the scientific method was to make it. Yeah. Does my tongue like it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so it's like these, we wrap ourselves around these like ideologies and, you know, put ourselves behind like, oh, well, it came from this state. So it's got to be. I don't know. I think all that shit, the older I get, is so silly. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if it comes from New York, great. Mm-hmm. If it's good, let's roll with it. So you don't think like there's some, the same way Laurel Canyon, for example, is a spiritual center. Mm-hmm. There wasn't something about Kentucky that makes bourbon more special. Maybe maybe to the people that experienced it when they first came. Mm-hmm. But like shit. I mean, as we know, like the Native Americans were there well before us. Sure. They probably knew something that we long since extinguished yeah so we may have like a ghost of knowing but yeah. not the true understanding yeah so you know yeah there might be still something in the water mm-hmm. let's say mm-hmm. um in kentucky you know that makes it that but unfortunately for the public at large i think that nuance is well lost mm-hmm. um you know for an aficionado like yourself, sure. Mm-hmm. Probably suss it out. Mm-hmm. And be like, all right, this is what makes it special. Yeah. These are the nuances. This is why Kentucky is what Kentucky is. But yeah. like, that's for you. Yeah. You know, 99% of the public are going to be like, well, it tastes good. Or yeah. Not, you know. Or I, I think it goes even further than that. I think it goes, did I have fun while I tasted it? Sure. Did I did I enjoy the people I was with? I like that stuff. Yeah. That's what I think so much. Insert like Red Bull vodkas. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I no mean? Shit. Like, yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. You know why? Because you went crazy you without any fun. inhibitions. You had a ball. Yeah, yeah. I know so much. Uh, and food is this way too. It's a little different, but but like so much, and I talk about that a lot. But so much about the experience informs taste. Mm. Uh, and I think that shouldn't be discounted because it's like, that doesn't change something from being good. That's what makes it great. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's sort of what marketing is doing too, right? Marketing is tapping into that, like saying like, like they create an emotional reaction. Like you feel something when you drink this, that's all that you need to enjoy this is to feel something. Yeah. Um, that's, that's why it's funny. I sometimes I think like, why are we doing all of this. <laughs> I'm going to do a podcast and a documentary about like a, like a poison, uh, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. It's because it's like it does something. It creates an emotional reaction or like a nostalgia or something in me. And there's a, and I think that. There's an excitement. There's yeah. a life. You're, you feel alive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, shit. If you can feel alive while alive. Yeah. I mean, it's sad to say, but. Most people don't touch that. Yeah. You know, and if you can, by whatever method, if yeah. it's fucking whiskey, it. if it's making movies, if it's, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Doing mushrooms yeah. in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Go for it. Go for it. Because, like, yeah. it is fleeting. Yeah. And, like, you need to, 
you need to do those things. Um, we need to eat this cookie. Oh, yeah. When you drink your whiskey, eat a chocolate chip cookie with it. It's <laughs> unbelievably good. And you will forever be satisfied. Hey, this is my conversation with Brian Georgie Randalls. Yeah. Uh, director of feature film Runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a new documentary. Mm-hmm. Called One in a Million. One of many. One of many. I fucked that up. That's all right. So sorry. You do. We're like five um, years in. Yeah. <laughs> it's one, not even out yet. It's called One of Three Trillion. Yeah. It's <laughs> one of a hundred zillion. One of a million. Uh, of, of <laughs> fuck me. Oh, one no. of, all right, you drunk ass. It's uh, one of many. One of many. There you go. It's a uh, documentary about his grandfather, uh, his experience in World War II and beyond. Uh, and... Uh, I love talking to you, buddy. I love you. Love you too, buddy. Hey, cheers. Salud. To drink is to live. Yeah. That was After Hours. Thanks for listening. Did you like what you heard? Join us at the Bourbon Library for more. And remember to rate, review, and share our show with friends. It's more fun drinking together. All right. Until next time. Cheers.